0: It's unnecessary roughness.
1: Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs near corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders. An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner for the Raiders' lead with 10 seconds to go before halftime. All well, I can say, Jason, is wow. Well.
0: This is unnecessary roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy Q. Q. Q.
2: And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show. Andrea Carter from ESPN will join us at 4.30 to talk all things WNBA. We definitely appreciate her and uh, her taking the time out to join the show. Coming up in about 30 minutes from now. Got a couple texts I want to get to real quick. One from the 702. I teach my 12U basketball team energy, effort, and attitude. That's what you can control, and that's absolutely right. Right. I I say uh, attitude, uh, effort and and availability. That's me. But energy, effort, attitude. Same thing. Right. Going back to what Max Crosby was saying about it's, you know, basically you're you're battling against you. And that's it. As a matter of fact, got a tweet from Talk James. He said, uh, Q, they need to blast Crosby's wisdom all over the freaking world. You are only competing with yourself mic drop great stuff again talk james thanks for the tweet and the text from the 702 definitely appreciate that as well also one more from the 702 a follow-up uh what up q monday's the deadline for Jacob's right should i get mentally prepared for an ice cube priority records moment from straight out of compton lol i mean jj did the work right that's from uh, that's from the 702 and uh yeah I don't know, <laughs> right? I mean, I think you prepare yourself for the worst and hope for the best. Isn't that what they say? I mean, I, I just – I don't know. Like, I wish I had a better idea. And, I, and what I mean by that is, like, the Evan Ingram, he holds a franchise tag with the Jaguars. I think a deal will get done. I, I really feel pretty confident about that. Um, you know, Tony Pollard, I feel pretty confident he's going to play on the one-year deal that he's already signed. I think that's just what he's earned. Saquon Barkley, I think that they need him so bad there in, in New York – that they'll find a way to get it done. And, and I feel like that they've gone back and forth. And we've, you know, it's been a little bit more public, obviously, than the Josh Jacobs situation has, which Dave Ziegler said he's never going to uh, negotiate a contract in, in the open and in, 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 you know, the public view or throughout the media. He's not going to do that. So he, it's been very quiet on the Josh Jacobs front. So we really, as far as I'm concerned, have no idea what they're going to do. Uh, by the time that 1 p.m. deadline hits on Monday, will J.J. have a contract extension? Will he be stuck with, okay, you could play on the one-year $10 million tag, or you can sit? I, w- nobody will know until we actually do know. But that's why I threw the question out there. I uh, wanted to get your thoughts. 7, 702-365-9200 and also 69187, keyword R&R, when it comes to Josh Jacobs and the long-term deal. Do you think it gets done by that 1 p.m. deadline? Coming up on Monday, let's go out to those phone lines. Talk to our good friend Bernard. Bernard, welcome to the show. Thanks for waiting, my man. Appreciate you.
3: Oh man,
4: worth the wait. Worth the wait. Hey, um, I hope they signed up, uh Josh Jacobs. It just seemed like with the Raiders, man, it's, it's almost like it's it's always like something, right? It's like we got all the lines the stars lined up, and then it's like like something else. But it's all a part of business, so. I, um, and you kind of brought up the Barkley thing. It seemed like his stuff is more in the head in the headlines, but you kind of just, just said why and may said why maybe because it's in, it's in New York and Ziegler and them kind of keep things, you know, close, close to the vest, mm-hmm. but it, it's kind of disheartening. It's just, uh, the way the market is and how you just said how that the, the, uh, tag has went down. So I'm hoping maybe they can do something with the NFLPA man and just have some type of I don't know some type of cap number for you know that's set for a running back because those guys they work just as hard they're just as important to the team and just because their value drops you know a little bit um I don't think they should be you know you know their salary should be you know so uh I don't know not as important as as other um uh positions because Josh Jacobs is super important to us um but what one thing I do want to touch on Q uh, I think he was doing an interview with um Ziegler and J T maybe mm-hmm. and they flashed um him being the general manager of the uh of the Raiders and then they said like how many uh general managers the Raiders had and you would think it would was a lot. Well you wouldn't really think it was a lot, but it kinda of was weird because he just said he's only the fourth general manager. And I was like, Dang, and you think about all the all the head coaches they've had. Right. And I think they've had about twenty head coaches <laughs> So that that was just weird. I'm like, man, they they've only had four general managers and 20 head coaches. So I right. just thought that was kind of a kind of a weird weird stat, stat to look at. But yeah. I hope JJ gets signed. And one more thing, it, I, I think it's real hard for these guys not to take it personal because I think if my salary was out there, you know, in the public, and I was negotiating with my employer and what I wanted, what they wanted to pay me. I just hope if they do work something out that, you know, they can put it behind them because it's not really personal, but it's probably hard to not take it as personal, you know, if you, you're in their shoes and you're not, you're not getting what you think you're worth. So um, long story short, I hope they can find a way to work it out because we, we need that young man.
2: Yeah. I, hey, good stuff, Bernard. Thank you so much for the call. I do, uh, I do appreciate you. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is I think that Dave Ziegler is being smart. I think it's smart to not negotiate and, and talk about contracts and talk about money out in, in public. And I know sometimes teams and, and even agents use it as a as a tactic. I get it, but I just think that that's really probably none of our business, right? I mean, that's that's not. I mean, all, all that really matters at the end of the day is if they get it done. Now, of course, at the end of the day, they'll they'll say, okay, this is what the deal was. This is how many years. Uh, this is you know what it's the value of it, and this is the money that's guaranteed. At the end of the day, only thing that matters is the money that's guaranteed. And if there's going to be a deal for Josh Jacobs to get done, I do feel it's going to be about a three-year deal with about $22 million guaranteed. I don't know what that means for base salary. I don't know I don't know any of that, and it doesn't really matter. I just think it's going to be a three-year deal where they could probably get out of it after two years, and it'll be about 22 million, $23 million fully guaranteed, which is basically the price of two uh, franchise tags when it comes to the running back position as it sits right now. So, Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. Welcome to the show.
5: Hey, what's happening, Q? Chilling. As far as Josh Jacobs is concerned, um, the management came in and could have picked up his um, fifth-year option. They didn't. You yep. know what I'm saying? So they gambled and they lost. And in Vegas, when you gamble and you lose, you got to pay. True. So go on and pay the man. It should be that simple. And as far as the contract should go, I think they should give him a million more than what the franchise tie would be. So let's give them, let's say, $11 million per year. And then, like the other caller said, with a bunch of incentives, if he gets certain marks, he yeah. get two more million. If he gets, if he leads the league in rushing, he get three more million. If we make the playoffs, he get another million and a half. You know what I'm saying? Make it, make it incentivized like that, to where he could earn up to at least fourteen or fifteen million if he hit all those incentives. You know what I'm saying? As far as um Gruden, Gruden looking real good right about now. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? As far as sauce lawsuit with the NFL. And, you know, he got the little, um, I think I think he's a um, consultant or something with the um, Saints, right?
2: Well, he did, yeah. He consulted for like a weekend just with Derek Carr, but nothing permanent.
5: Oh, uh, Okay. Well, if I was him, he need to do like the um, president of the Raider Nation Ice Cube right now and go on a little podcast tour. You know what <laughs> i Well, he's going He because, go so you know, the, the NFL is not letting the mainstream media talk about it that much. Mm-hmm. So Brood need to do like the um, president of um, Radio Nation, Ice Cube, is doing and hit every podcast and go go talk his mess. You know what I'm saying? Go on every podcast, tell his side of the story, tell where he thinks the stuff leaked for him, and tell him how he thinks Goodell's going to get fired off all this. If he do that, got to put a lot of fire on the NFL, and I think the NFL finally finna lose the lawsuit. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what uh, he should do, and I think that's what should happen. What you think? All right, y'all. Keep it
2: gangster. Y'all, I'm gone. Hey, right, thank you for the call, man. It's good to hear from you. And I, I think that it'll be smart for him to go and do the podcast tour if he wants to do that after it's all said and done. I don't think that he wants to do it right now. And only because you know how, how it is. If he says something that may sound a certain way, or, you know, maybe he says something and didn't really mean it a certain way. Like you gotta be really careful when you're you know, trying to, trying to sue anyone, let alone the NFL. You don't really want to go on a tour and, and talk your talk right then. Wait till it's all said and done. <laughs> Wait till it's a wrap, and if you win, then go on a tour and talk about everything, right? But, I mean, you got to want to be careful. I do think that he's in a really good position, though. You know, to your point, I do think he's in a great position. I think he's been in a really good position for a while. Like, every suit that – or every, every step of the way that the NFL has tried to get thrown out hasn't worked. Right, and I think that he's got plenty of money and he's got plenty of time to really dig his heels in and say, you know what, it's all good. I can get this done, and and I think he's going to try. And what came out the other day with ESPN, Seth Wickersham and company, I just think that that's more even evidence. And, and I saw, uh, you know, I saw another report saying that there's like four or five owners in the National Football League that all believe that Roger Goodell leak those, uh, leak those emails. And so again, none of that excuses what coach Gruden had, had, had wrote. It doesn't. And it, I mean, that's just, that's all bad, but again, there's, there's layers to it. And, and I think that he does have a really good chance and I'm sure that the NFL is going to try to, you know, get it thrown out or, or try to settle. And, and I don't think that, uh, I don't think the coach wants, I don't think he wants anything to do with settling or throwing anything out. I think he's ready to dig in and see how this all plays out. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, look, when it comes to Josh Jacobs, you mentioned it. You know, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. It was declined. So basically it was almost one of those, hey, you got to go out there and prove it. All right, well, he did. (laughs) Right? I mean, that's really all it is. All right, he did. So go on and run run me my money. You know, I know it's not that simple, but sometimes it feels like, it should be that simple. Thank you again for that call. I do appreciate you. Of course, you can chime in at any time at 69187, keyword r and also you can hit us up on the phone line when we don't have a guest at 702-365-9200. Andrea Carter from ESPN. She'll join us at 430. But I wanted to play a couple sound bites. From the interview that we did yesterday with E.J. Snyder from uh, bootlegfootball.com, bootlegfootballpodcast.com, does a really good job. And him and his partner have been on a summer tour where they've been breaking down uh, all these different teams. And, you know, he did the AFC West, and they dropped that today in general. Uh, I think they do a fantastic job. The, interview, the, the, the podcast that he did about the, the Raiders was like an hour and a half long. So we talked to him yesterday, and it was only about 20 minutes long. And we had such a loaded show that we didn't really have a lot of time to go back and really break down what he had to say and really digest what he had to say. So there's a couple little soundbites that I brought to the table that I wanted to go ahead and, and run back one more time. And the first one was about the big move from Derek Carr, who's now in New Orleans with the Saints, to Jimmy G., Who's now with the silver and black, and we're all hoping that Jimmy G is healthy enough to go and, and participate day one of practice, which is July twenty sixth. But one of my first questions to EJ was just what does Jimmy G bring to a Joshua Daniels led offense?
1: It's a great question, and I went down the rabbit hole on this one a little bit because I think people and myself included tend to think of these two guys as really similar, and that's it's pretty easy to do. They're about the same size. They have about the same touchdown-to-interception ratio, about 2-to-1. They have roughly the same completion percentage. Jimmy's is a little bit better. So on the surface, I think a lot of people say, hey, these are two sort of mid-tier quarterbacks, and they're the same guy, and they're not. So I dug in to figure out what the difference really is. And when you get down there, Carr throws a lot more times. He ends up with more yards per game, but he also has more attempts. He has less air yards and yet less yards after the catch. Um, So Jimmy is a little bit more efficient. Uh, He's a little bit more accurate. But his decision-making isn't great, and that's always been the book on Jimmy G, is that you don't want him throwing 35, 40, 45 times a game. If your team's in that position, something's kind of gone wrong. So I think McDaniels is going to be able to get his spots out of Jimmy G and get that efficiency, he's going to have to back it up with a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs. And he can't sort of, I'll say, get trapped by that siren song of, Hey, Jimmy's been really good in his first 20 throws. Let's have him make 20 more because <laughs> that's where you get into trouble. Um, so they're not the same guy. And the other big difference that I really surprised me was cars way more experienced <laughs> He's got 142 games to Jimmy's 74. He's got almost 5,000 attempts to Jimmy's less than 2,000. 1,700 for Jimmy overall. And I, I thought that was strange. I thought of these as two fairly similarly experienced players and you know, Cars had a lot more reps than Jimmy.
2: EJ Snyder, com, who joined us on the show yesterday talking about what Jimmy G brings to a Josh McDaniels-led offense, and I wanted to play that because we've been talking about Josh Jacobs, and you heard what he said there, right? Derek throws the ball a whole lot more than Jimmy G. You know why? Because Jimmy G has a strong run game. So, you know, this is going back to why it's so important, in my opinion, to get Josh Jacobs, make sure that he's under contract, make sure that he's happy, and make sure he's ready to go in 2023 because they're going to need him. Right, Jimmy's not a volume guy. Like you don't want to see him throw the ball more than 30, 35 times a game. You might not want to see him throw the ball 30 times a game to be 100% honest with you. And, and if that's the case, that's fine because Josh Jacobs you know what he's able to bring to the table. He showed that last year. You know what he's able to bring to the table and you could still have, you know, Josh Jacobs have his regular workload. Like you don't have to overload him. You can you can mix in some Zamir White because you still have less throws. Than, than than you would normally have with Derek. So again, I think is gonna get some some burn in year two. I think it'd be a nice one two punch between JJ and Zamir White. And again, it'll do just what EJ said. It'll limit the amount of tips that Jimmy G has so he doesn't, you know, have a, a great twenty tosses and then all of a sudden, oh, you know what? Let's get caught up in the in the passing game and continue to throw the ball like that. So I think EJ brings up a really good point. Before we get to the next soundbite from EJ Snyder, let's go back out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. three six five nine two hundred. Let's talk to our guy Houston from LA. Welcome to the show. What's on my What's on your mind, my What's on your mind, my man?
3: Hey, hey, what's up, Cube? Hey, I miss I didn't catch you in Vegas, man. But party time is still allowed, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I was just thinking, like, all right, um, I just heard what. I forgot, um, well, not forgot, but the gentleman was saying it when he was uh, talking about Jimmy G throughout the years. Like, uh, I I agree with a lot of it, but um, people are kind of taking back how much he brought out when he's with with the Patriots. Now, I'm not going to lie, you know, as far as the overall, you know, better quarterback, man, I kind of go back and forth with that because Mm. Carr, you know, he may have the better arm and all that stuff, but... I've seen a lot of quarterbacks that have average arms that are kind of like winners, man. And, like, I've seen Jimmy D just go for, like, a four- or five-yard scramble when Carr would have been, like, third down and three. He would have threw it, like, out of bounds or something. Like, 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 somewhere I'm just like, dude, are you serious? And so <laughs> when he said decision making, I mean, that could be said, you know, on both ends because I've seen Carr do some way else. And I'm not trying to knock him just as he's gone because I, 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 I appreciated Carr. You know, I respect Carr and, and all that good stuff. But now I want to kind of switch it over to the running back situation. Like, yeah. Jacobs, man, um, a perfect example of how that's gonna go because I seen Zamir White too, but there's one thing, dude, that's not teachable It's natural instinct. Jacobs, he goes in the middle of those holes, man, he hits them. Zamir, bro, when he was born last year, he was hitting them holes slow, and he he was getting off a couple, you know, seven yard runs and things of that nature, but it wasn't Josh jacob ish. And I'm not saying you just gotta throw the whole big bag at him, but man, I mean, give him some, like, you know. Back, bro, or something, because we can't lose, Jacobs.
2: There you go. I'm not mad. Hey, good stuff, man. Really good call. It's great to hear from you. Sorry that I didn't uh, get a, catch up with you when you were here in Vegas, but I'm glad to hear that you had a really good time. Like I said, it's always great to hear from you. And yeah, I mean, I think that there's something to be said about what Josh brings to the table, and I don't look at it as oh, he's just another running back. I don't. That that's just me, and I and I get it right i mean of course uh, all of us know josh jacobs we've seen his whole four year career so far in the nfl we know his story so it's easier for us to root for a guy like josh jacobs and want him to get you know his just due and, and you know at, at, at times man you know that sometimes organizations have to make tough decisions that that may not be that popular with the fan base but you know they have to do it for the good of the organization i mean i don't know if this is one of those situations i hope it's not but, obviously, we'll see how it all shakes out. Let's uh, let's get another call in real quick. How about Hardcore Raider? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
1: Thank you. Uh, to answer your question, man, uh, I don't think the deal is going to get done. I mean, okay. time's taken. We're on the clock, you know, draft style. And they've had plenty of time to get it done, you know. And a lot of my frustration with this uh, new regime is when you look at it, we went into free agency. We had the third most cap space, right? Uh mm-hmm. Right now we're paying over $40 million to the wide receiver room. I don't exactly like us drafting wide receiver uh, in the fourth round when you evaluate how much we've already invested in the wide receiver room. And this regime is the one that gave all these contracts. We know Devontae Adams is a stud. Right. Questionable, Renfro, and all this stuff. But the point is, is why are we in the last hour and we're sitting here wondering how much money we have to pay Jacobs and we won't pay him. He's a homegrown Oakland dude. Right, we got him from the Khalil Mack trade. He could be uh, the second, you know, all-time rushing leader uh, after next season if he gets at least 1,200 yards, next to Marcus Allen, and he could surpass Marcus Allen to be the greatest running back the the Raiders have ever had. So to be in this situation, and we had all this money available, and now it's an anomaly of like, you know, that they're not going to pay Jacobs. It's more than just a miss; it's a complete failure. And I hate to put it that way, but this is why. Myself, as, long as, as well as a lot of Raider Nation, is extremely frustrated and even sometimes afraid to voice our opinions because anything other than supporting the organization 100%, we're uh, almost down upon. And it's frustrating because all of us just want to win. And I feel that Josh Jacobs can help us win a championship.
2: All right, good stuff. And I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I feel like he can help win a championship. I feel like he should be uh, given a contract extension. He earned a contract extension. Now, the thing about, you know, coming down to the last minute and trying to figure out how much money they they can pay him, I don't think that that's the question. I don't think that they're asking how much they can pay him. I think the question is how much do they want to pay him. I think that's the better question, right? I, I think they could pay him as much as he probably wants. But do they feel like that that is the value there? And how much does, you know, how much does the is the agent asking for? Right. Is that is it is it extreme? Is it is it not? Is it reasonable? Like none of us know that. So I don't think it's about the the front office sitting there saying, well, I don't know how much we could pay him. You know, for a fact, they could pay him 10 million fully guaranteed because as soon as he signs that franchise tag, they have to be able to pay him that. So there's that. But I think it's more how much are they willing to pay him as opposed to how much they can pay him. That's just that's just me. So we'll see. You know, and I don't think anybody is frowned upon for you know, having questions or wondering or not having faith. Hell, my guy Mike email or not emails, tweets all the time about ha- having no faith in, in this uh, this staff and doesn't think that the team is going to go in the right direction. Nobody's frowned on him. Nobody frowns on anyone. You're allowed to have your own opinion, right? I don't go extreme because I want to see it. I don't go scorched Earth because I'm not Skip Bayless. I'm not Mr. Hot Take guy. I'm not that dude. I'm not going to ever be that guy. I'm willing to to sit and watch and see how things develop before I you know, like, oh, this is going to be a failure. But I understand. I understand why Raider Nation would be frustrated. Raider, Raider Nation has every single right to be frustrated. Like, hear me when I say that. You have every single right to be frustrated. I understand. As a fan, I understand. It's been a really long time since the Raiders were consistently winners. And I said it at the beginning of the show. I said it to Raider Mack when he called. Team, or the, the, the the coaching staff goes, comes and goes. Free agents come and go. All kind of different things come and go when it comes to the organization. The one thing that stays steady steady is the, the fans. So no matter who is the coach, no matter who is the GM, no matter who is the running back, no matter who is the quarterback, that all could change. The fan base doesn't change. The, the Raider Nation is the one that buys all the merchandise, gets the, 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 the hotel, hotel rooms, books the flights, goes out and reps their team. Goes to all the parties, listens to Raider Nation Radio 920. Right? I mean, that's that that never changes. So nobody's gonna ever frown upon anyone being frustrated or upset. The only time that I'll ever say anything is when there's just complete like dirt being thrown on, on someone's name and just getting complete ugly about it because we don't have to do all that. I'm not a disrespectful dude, and I don't I don't want to be disrespected. And that's the other thing that happens, that might be the only time that I frown on anybody is when the, the slander's thrown my way, like I have any control over anything. <laughs> that's the only time, so I don't think that anyone is, is, is down in you at all, hardcore. I understand exactly where you're coming from. So uh, thank you so much for that uh, that call. I definitely appreciate you. And, of course, when we don't have a guest, we'll continue to take more calls, and we'll take your text at 69187, keyword r uh, Vegas Pete said Raiders are offering JJ top five salary for backs. He should just sign it. Then during the season, talk extension. That's from Vegas Pete. So, again, I mean, you, you get that that $10 million on the fully guaranteed deal. Uh, I hate the fact that the, the franchise tag, the value has gone down. Since 2015, but that's where it's at right now, and that's a shame. And I do think to—I can't remember—maybe it was uh, Houston and LA, or someone. Someone they called, maybe Bernard, had called and said that they should do something about the wage for the running backs. And I, I agree. I agree with that 100%. Uh, in this text from the 209, then we'll take a break as we have Andrea Carter coming up next. Uh, give Jacobs a two-year, 24 million, 18 million dollar guarantee contract and call it a day. And uh, the one thing I'll say about that is I think you would have to give him more than 18 million because 10 million is guaranteed this year just on the franchise tag. So at the very least what you would have to do I like the 24 million, maybe it's just 2 years, 24 million fully guaranteed and call it a day. Because you have to put a little something something. You got to put, you know, a little icing on the cake. Right, and if the cake is ten million dollars, you got to put a little bit of icing on it, uh, to make it worth his while. Or he could just do like Kirk Cousins and and just sign, you know, franchise tag after franchise tag and complete the bag. But Kirk Cousins plays a position where he's a little bit more protected than the running back position is. But thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Four twenty-five is the time. We'll take a quick break. Andrea Carter from ESPN. She'll join us next. It's Radio it's Radio nine twenty. <laughs>
3: jacobs gets
1: a block from johnson at the 30 cuts back inside stiffer 25 20 jacobs off to the races five touchdown raiders What a way to capitalize a 30-yard touchdown run for josh jacobs who was like a bowling ball into the end zone and the raiders take a 20 to 13 lead
0: now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy q broadcasting live from the finley cadillac performance studio
2: we are efforting Andrea Carter right now from ESPN. We're expecting to get her in a matter of minutes. I know my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio is making that happen. She'll join us to talk all things WNBA. You heard Josh Jacobs right there. The Josh Jacobs touchdown uh, narrated by Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black. Of course, we talked a lot about Josh Jacobs as well on Monday. By the time we take the airways, we'll know for a matter of fact if, in fact, he got a long-term deal Or not. So we've been asking the question, do you think it gets done by Monday at 1 p.m.? pacific standard time all you got to do is hit us up at 69187 keyword r and r and of course when we don't have a guest you can also call in at 702-365-9200 we'll have some time to get to your calls in just a little bit uh, after we talk to andrea ari's uh, efforting her right now again from the finley cadillac performance studio and uh, we'll talk all things wnba as all the action is going on in las vegas it's been a very busy few weeks here in the city it's been a lot of fun to be able to see how everything evolves and You know, I was out last night. Me and Lil Q were out riding around. We saw that big Vegas Spear and it was all lit up like a basketball. Then we walked away, and we uh, went and had some, something to eat, and then we came back, and it was lit up as something else. And that thing is just amazing, and it's the center of conversation all the time. So uh, if you're ever in town and you want to see something that's pretty stinking amazing, check out that Vegas Spear. Uh, and it's, like I said, it's lit up as a basketball, and it has been lit up as a basketball for Summer League and, of course, the WNBA as well, and it continues to change uh, whatever it is all the time. So uh, there you go. Just make sure you check that out again 69187 keyword rnr is uh the don'tbebroke.com text line you can hit us up at any time but right now joining us on the phone lines as promised from espn is andrea carter and andrea thanks so much for your time we do appreciate you i know how busy it is right now WNBA all-star weekend and how has it been treating you so far as we saw the skills challenge we saw the three-point competition already take place earlier today
6: yeah it's been amazing thank you for having me um it's been so much fun like one just celebrating all the players, everything is like, it's like a family cookout. You know, everybody's (laughs) excited, everybody's chatting, everybody's catching up. The season is so hard because you're moving and grooving, you know, the game is over and you've got another game to get to, you have another city to get to, you have a flight to catch. With everybody just here, it's like people have time to be present and to enjoy themselves. And so it's it's been incredible from my colleagues to sharing spaces with people to the players to the coaches. Um, and the fans, like, the fans have been so much fun. So it's been a it's been a really good time.
2: Yeah, I have no doubt. I was checking out the the skills competition earlier. The Aces, Chelsea Gray and, and Kelsey Plum won that. And then the three-point competition with Sabrina Ionescu, and she won that, and she killed it. What did you think of that performance in the three-point competition?
6: Oh, my gosh. Well, Sabrina Ionescu is an absolute bucket, and she takes this stuff seriously. Her shot is so smooth. I don't know why I didn't pick Sabrina to win it. I'm actually crazy for not picking Sabrina. Um... But her shot is so efficient. To only miss two shots the entire time never happened in the WNBA or the NBA. So mm-hmm. she she broke a barrier today. She set a record. She put on. She showed out. Um, and that was good for her. I was really excited for Sabrina. Um, and honestly kind of made a stamp. You know, she got the cover of 2K in honor of Kobe. They have a great relationship and had a great relationship, you know, when we were lucky enough to have him here. And so I think that like it's just a full circle moment, I feel like, for Sabrina to put on that kind of performance.
2: I agree, a hundred percent. And Andrea, one of the things that I feel like is there's a lot of momentum right now for the WNBA and just all the eyeballs on the game and, and the really good play that's going on right now. With this being in Las Vegas, how much is this like an opportunity for other teams and other players to see, you know, the facilities that the Aces have, the arena and the you know the fans that are there cheering them on, the electricity of the the arena. How much is that going to kind of You maybe put a little bit of pressure on the other ownerships to say, hey, we need to step this up. And all these ladies deserve better facilities.
6: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely what you're seeing across the board, right? Like Vegas just setting the bar in terms of what it means to invest and what and the results that come when you invest. Mm -hmm. Goats want to come play here like Candace Parker wanted to come play here for multiple reasons the team being great, obviously the culture being great, but also the facilities and the investment that's taken place here. So I do think that I'm excited for Vegas to set the bar. You know, they set the bar when they set Becky Hammond's salary. Like, yeah. that's what she deserves. And so I think that the bar is being set very high. I'm thankful for Vegas and, and all that they're doing because I do think it's going to elevate everyone else because you have to elevate to compete. You know, we see that in college basketball, right? Yep. There's There's been one team that dominates and everyone else has to figure out a way to beat that team. And then you see more parity, And then another team might elevate and do something different. And now the other teams have to catch up. And so I think that's the nature of the game and it makes it so much fun. Um, we see that with Dwayne Wade investing in Chicago. Yeah. Like that's, that's huge. It shows that he sees value in the WNBA. It shows that he wants to invest and sees how important it is to invest. So, I think across the board, it's a really exciting time, and I, I do think that Vegas is setting the standard.
2: Andrea, Car- Andrea Carter from ESPN is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. You mentioned Dwayne Wade, uh, you know, investing in Chicago. Tom Brady has invested in the Aces here in Las Vegas. Do you think we'll start to see more professionals, you know, and athletes, uh, high-character high athletes, you know, investing in the WNBA game as well?
6: I do think so. I mean, I think that, you know, the – Game recognized, game, and, and mm-hmm. these athletes know, and these guys know. They they know the value that WNBA has. They know how good that these players are, and and they know what it takes. Like the NBA didn't just lift off with no investment, and you have right. to think the NBA is what over seventy five years in, and WNBA is in now what twenty seventh season. So, you know, we're a third of the way as far as development and teams, and you know, I had someone the other day talking to me about, well, you know, some WNBA teams have folded, and changed names and i'm like do you think the 30 nba teams we have today were the 30 nba teams that started no No. (laughs) like it's you're going to see changes you're going to see waves of growth and change and investment and i really think we're only scratching the surface so that was a long way of answering your question in terms of yes i do think we will see more athletes and just people um of high character and that see value in this league and invest in it
2: well, I'll tell you this, and you mentioned about the growth of the league and, and all the eyes on it. I mean, you're doing the countdown show on ESPN, and that just debuted in the playoffs last year. It's already up 80% as far as viewership. That should tell you all you need to know And the play. And you know as a as a former hooper, right? I mean, you know the play is playing at a very high level right now.
6: Oh, my gosh. I triple doubles, 40-point performances on 60% from the field, multiple teams putting up big numbers, the – the offense is fast. The pace is fast. Like, it isn't so much fun to watch. Um, and it just gets better and better, you know, as these players get better and better. And that's what's fun, too, is now it's so visible. You know, young girls, young boys can watch these women and can see what they're capable of. And then you have them training with this in mind. And that's going to make them better in the future, right? It all just kind of builds. It all just snowballs. And I, I think that um, it's really exciting. It's a really exciting time.
2: I think so, and I, I do like the fact that so many NBA players embrace the WNBA as well, right? And there, you see yep. them court yep. I think that that goes a really long way. I wanted to ask you about Aliyah Boston. What did you think of what she's been able to do so far in the first half of her rookie year in the W?
6: It's incredible, and but not surprising, right? And I do think that. Just because it's not surprising doesn't mean it's not great. Like right. I expected, Aaliyah Boston to be great in this league, um, and she's she's still seeing triple and double teams in the league, which is so funny um, because you know that's what she saw all the time in, in college basketball. But the way she operates, the way she carries herself, she is such a talented, skillful, patient, poised player um, that can also dominate a game on both ends. And it's been really fun to watch her translate. It speaks obviously to what Coach Staley has at South Carolina in terms of preparing her players for the next level. But Aaliyah Boston is special. Um, And I'm excited for Indiana. Like, that is an organization that I think we're going to see continue to climb, Um, watch them win a championship. They were my favorite team growing up because Tamika Ketchings was my favorite player growing Mm. up. Um, So I always want to see – I want to see every team do well, obviously, now that I cover all of them. But Indiana has a special place in my heart. So I'm excited for Aaliyah. Excited for that organization, um, her efficiency, the way she carries herself. It's all so much fun to watch. Like, she's easy to cheer for. And I think that that says a lot about who she is and the player she is.
2: No, I agree, and uh, again, she was phenomenal in South Carolina, and it's almost like she hasn't missed a beat since she's been in the W already, and uh, she's got Alyssa Smith right there playing alongside of her as well. I think that's a nice one-two punch. They have a lot of talent. What about Ryan Howard? She uh, joined the All-Star team. She wasn't on it originally, which everyone thought was a bad thing, but there's so much talent, and everyone on the team deserved it. She's taking Elena Deladon's place. What do you think about Howard getting getting the nod? How happy are you for her?
6: Yeah, I'm so happy for Ryan. You know, I started working and, and knowing Ryan when she was in high school and I was at Tennessee, and so we go nice. way back. So I'm always, always thrilled to see her have success. And, yeah, there's a ton of talent in the league. Like, you're really grasping at straws and splitting hairs when you're trying to decide who should be an all-star and who shouldn't, and I think that's a good thing. It speaks to the talent of this league that we can unfortunately lose a star like Elena Deladon and we can have another star come in um, that I expect to play extremely well so Ryan's special she's so fun like just she's very it's so funny because Ryan is so quiet in nature but she is a killer like she wants to rip your heart out on the court um, which is so fun like that's that's how it should be so I think seeing all the different players all the different personalities that this league has it's great Ryan is another one of those special ones Um, And she's good. And those four-point-worthy shots, just be prepared for Ryan to hit a few of those because you know she's got range.
2: Yes, she absolutely does. And that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, just what are your expectations? You're on the broadcast. Uh, You do a great job covering all the WNBA. But just being on the broadcast, what are your expectations for the All-Star game tomorrow?
6: Yeah, I think the All-Star game is fun. You know, at first I was like, oh, how do I? (laughs) how am I going to analyze this? Because, yes, they're trying to win, but they're also having fun. And, like, right. you know, for me, my very – I'm very technical and I'm very analytical and, like, X's nose. And, and so I had to, like, kind of rework my brain and just think, let's celebrate these players. Um, but I expect them to have fun, you know, make fun plays, play hard, especially towards the end when the game is on the line. Um, I expect them to compete support each other, have a good time. Uh, The four-point shots are exciting and a lot of fun. Uh, I expect it to be fast-paced as well. So I I have high expectations because the talent level is above and beyond. So it, it should be really fun.
2: Yeah, I look forward to it. Again, it tips off around 5 o'clock tomorrow evening. Uh, Looking forward to the W's All-Star Game. But what about the second half? The Aces, the Liberty, and the Sun, I mean, those are the leaders in the clubhouse right now as far as the standings go in the regular season. How do you think it all plays out
6: in the second half? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot for Washington depends on health in terms of Elena Deladon, Natasha Cloud, and Shakira Austin. I think they're a team that goes with that group that you just said. Dallas as well. Atlanta into things on a 6-0 yeah. win streak. Um, so those are those are probably the teams that I have my eye on. Washington in terms of their health. Dallas in terms of they could get some pieces added back into the puzzle as well. Uh, Connecticut looks great under Coach Steph White. Their offense, the way it flows, the defense, how hard they play. I like that team as well. Dewana Bonner's been on a heater, yeah. uh, which has been a lot of fun to watch. Alyssa Thomas is a triple-double threat every single night. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, I'm excited to play. Obviously, I think the question is who has enough to compete with the Aces in a series? Like, even one game, right? Like, one game during the season, obviously, the Aces don't want to drop any. But for me right now, it's hard for me to think about a team having enough for a series. I do have a fan over my shoulder saying the Sun. So, I do have a Connecticut fan right over my (laughs) shoulder saying Connecticut (laughs) has what it takes. Yeah, DB's got it is what I'm being told. Um, So, that's the question. Like, who... Who can put the pieces together and who can get enough depth in their rotation and enough of a rotation to compete with the Aces is is the question.
2: Um, So we'll see. I'll tell you what, I love the fact that the fan has the passion to talk about the Connecticut Sun. You know, I love it. It just it yeah. kind of goes back to what we've been talking about. The, the The passion for the game is there, and that's a good thing when it's all said and done.
6: Yeah, for sure, for
2: sure. <laughs> well, before I let you go, and I do appreciate your time this afternoon, have you had a chance to go by the, uh, the, the Vegas Spear yet and check it out?
6: Um, I have not. I've honestly been moving and grooving, but I do hope to check it out.
2: <laughs> well, you can't miss it. That's for sure. All you got to do is I look. <laughs> I
6: know, right? I, I'm going to look for I went for a run this morning, actually, but I don't think I was going the right direction to find it. So I got to figure out my way around here.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, if you go on a run, you better be very early in the morning because it's going to get too hot too quick. So, yes, uh, it was, you know, it was
6: 7 a.m. It was 7 a.m. We were okay at 7
2: There you go. Well, stay hydrated. Keep up the great work, Andrea. It's fantastic. It's always great to catch up with you. I appreciate you.
6: For sure. Thanks for having me, Q.
2: Absolutely. There she goes. Andrea Carter right there from ESPN does a fantastic job covering the WNBA, was a hell of a player there uh, when she was playing college ball as well with uh, Tennessee and I always love her, her analysis. And when you hear her on the broadcast, you know, she knows everything. Like she said, she's very analytical when it comes to the X's and O's and always is someone that I enjoy catching up with. So I definitely appreciate her time. She's been she's talking about moving and grooving. She's been moving and grooving since very early this morning. So, and no step of the way, even though she was so busy, there was not one time where she did, when she said, Hey, I'm going to hit you in a little bit and let you know what, what my time's looking like. Not one time did she not do that. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm just a, a, a dude here doing radio. She didn't have to reach out and and let me know what her schedule looked like, but I definitely appreciate the fact that she did. 444 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll close things out. Ari's got the day of the day. I got a couple more sound bites. Plus, you know what? Max Crosby and his motivational uh, statement that he made that we played a little earlier in the show, I think we need to close out and head into the weekend hearing from Mad Max one more time. So we got a lot to get to in a little bit amount of time. Don't go nowhere.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
2: It's been a fun week of shows here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Ari's done a fantastic job holding it down in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio for the majority of the week. I think I've been in studio one day. But that's a – hey, that one day was a powerful one day. (laughs) But, no, many thanks to Ari for doing what he does. He's been doing a great job behind the wheels of steel. Definitely appreciate him and his efforts. Definitely appreciate our guests that we had on the show today. Former Raider running back Frank Hawkins joined us in the first hour. We had Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus joined us in hour number two. And we just heard from Andrea Carter from ESPN in hour number three. Plus, we've had plenty of calls and some great texts. 69187 keyword R&R. And, of course, 702-365-9200. And I did want to get to one text here from Rob in Oakland. It's always great when Rob chimes in on the show. Again, 69187 keyword R&R. We've been spending a lot of time talking about Josh Jacobs and his contract situation. And if a deal will get done, by that 1 p.m. deadline on Monday. He said, just to be clear, I like J.J. I don't think they're going to reach a long-term contract by Monday. I think Dave Ziegler and Josh Daniels didn't pick up that fifth-year option because they weren't sure about J.J. and intended to run him to the ground, which they did. I think they want J.J. to feel the pressure of a one year to keep him motivated. Again, Rob in Oakland, and, you know, I mean, he had 393 touches in, uh, in 2022. I don't believe that he'll have – No matter what the contract situation is, I don't believe he'll have 393 touches in 2023. I just don't. That was the most touches he had ever had in his career, and that's a lot. It really is, and you know when when Rob mentions what he mentions, it it almost feels like, and I've said this plenty of times on the show, it almost feels like when uh, DeMarco Murray was a really good running back for the Cowboys and they just kept feeding him, feeding him, feeding him, feeding him, feeding him, feeding him, and then, well, he did a hell of a job, led the league in rushing, and then all of a sudden they're like, all right, go get your free agent deal somewhere else, and he goes to Philly and gets the bag, but he just wasn't the guy. One, because Chip Kelly had him in a system that was not his style, had him running east and west instead of north and south, but – also he just wasn't that same he didn't have that same juice in his in his uh you know, in his tank. And then he went to Tennessee and really I think he helped Derrick Henry preserve his career for a little while because when he was there in Tennessee, he was lead back number one. They went and drafted Derrick Henry. Matter of fact, they drafted him right after the Raiders drafted uh what, Jahad Ward. Yeah, I remember that. That was in Chicago. Jahad Ward, the very next pick, Derrick freaking Henry. Yes, I was pounding the table for Derrick Henry and was hoping that they were gonna draft him. But yeah, you know. It, it is what it is at this point. So, uh, yeah, and then DeMarco Murray was out of the league, right? I mean, he just really has, did nothing after that, and you could tell that he was spent. So uh, thank you, Rob, for that. We'll see what happens. Obviously, 1 o'clock, by the time we take the airways on Monday, we'll have an answer one way or the other. Before we get up out of here, we've got a couple things that I want to get to. I want to hear from Mad Max Crosby one more time. I thought what he had to say was so powerful. Uh, we played it earlier in the show. I think we should end, it, uh, end the show and go into the weekend with what Mad Max
7: Crosby had to say earlier. If it feels like you can never win, that's when you know when you're winning. Everybody's gonna have an excuse. The higher, higher and higher you go, the more success you have, people are gonna wanna bring you back down. But that's them, that's not you. Your competition is with you. No matter what, the higher you get, the more success you have, people are gonna wanna bring you down to another level that you were previously. And they're gonna wanna get in your head and make you second guess yourself. But at the end of the day, your battle's with yourself. I don't worry about other shit. I don't worry about what these other pass rushers are doing or what other guys are doing you know i respect them i watch them i'm a fan you know from afar but at the end of the day my battles with myself because i'm the only person i have full control of i run me i focus on me my battles are within i gotta wake up at five every day i probably don't want to sometimes but i have to i want to be the best so this shit is year round it doesn't stop that's how you got to think your battles with yourself when they continuously try to bring you back down that means you're just going higher and higher so keep going keep working chase your dreams and never stop only getting started.
2: My battle is with me. I love it. Mad Max Crosby, a little motivation for your weekend uh, as we head off here. Red Nation Radio 920. Before we do, head off. My man Ari, every single day, he hits us with the National Day of the Day. I always think that they're really silly, but who knows? Maybe we'll get a good one one day or the other. So what do you got for us wow, today, Ari? what a
0: great introduction. We got a good one. <laughs> we got a good one.
2: I think these things suck, but Ari, take it away. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> thanks, thanks. No, Just kidding.
0: That, that's my job, to make, make you think they're awesome. And right. today is National Mac and Cheese Day once again. Go ahead and try to poo-poo on that because you can't. I like,
2: I like mac and cheese. Yes, yes. Mac and cheese, I'm always the guy, wherever we go, I, I I swear to you, and the wife will back me up, I always order mac and cheese and it's always too much food. <laughs> I mean, honestly, because I always get, like if I go to get a steak or something, they'll say, what side do you want? I'm like, oh, give me mac and cheese. Or if I go to like Pizza Rock, I'll get the, I think, lobster mac and cheese or whatever the case is, really good. But it's always too much. So I was like, well, I'll just take it home. And the last time, matter of fact, I just realized this the other day. We went out for Sarah's birthday um, on, what was it, Saturday, Sunday? I think it was Sunday. I don't. I think it was Sunday we went out for her birthday. And we brought home a lot of mac and cheese, or at least I thought we brought home a lot of mac and cheese. And so the other day I went in the fridge to look for it. Gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> gone. So somebody knew the mac and cheese was in there, and it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, it, it happens. Quick.
0: Yeah, that's a quick one, too, at, like, uh, Thanksgiving dinners and stuff. Yeah, man, that's that's where it's at. Uh, my favorite, I will have to shout out, as you've heard before, is from uh, Joe's Stone and Crab. Yes, shout the out best, to Joe's. The best. Uh, yes, yeah. And then uh, I want to just announce something really funny. They put this picture up. It's a picture of Kraft Mac and Cheese for National Mac and Cheese Day. Oh, in the box? How absurd! It no, it's you could just tell it's it. I can tell in the picture. It's, Is it bright yellow? Yeah,
2: it's. It's. We all know. Hey them. man, it's look! Like, don't act like that wasn't the sure, that was the lick growing up. Sure, though. it was. Even I'm I just... knew how to make that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You're a crafter or a Velveeta guy? No, Velveeta I was definitely a Kraft. No,
2: Velveeta. Fancy I'm not a Velveeta dude at all. Nice. Kraft was the one. And at one point, the cheese sauce came in a can. Then I think that became like environmentally not mm. okay. So then the cheese <laughs> sauce came in a foil pouch. So I used to put that cheese sauce in there. But you know, you can't get all of it out. So mm. I'd squeeze that thing, and I would. I would just eat the cheese right out the uh, right out the foil the little wrapper. There you go. I can't cook anything. I take that from Mama Q. But, man, I tried with macaroni and cheese because I did love me some mac and cheese. And that's a great way to end the show. Ari, thanks so much. I definitely yep. appreciate you. Raider Nation, appreciate you. This has been Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a great weekend.